Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All righty, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning. Here we are, boys and girls, championship weekend. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon. You can check us out on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports, streaming live. Flip on the notification switch, if you would, please, and the subscribe switch. We're also streaming on Facebook, the Chatterbox Sports page there. And if you would prefer to join us in podcast form, many of you do. By all means, please search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Well, look, you knew it was coming, right? Someone for one team or the other was going to say something that the other guy didn't like. The old school term, they call it bulletin board material, right? Now, depending on how you look at it, okay, we try to walk in the other guy's shoes sometimes. Those in Kansas City right now will tell you that Mike Hilton, caught on a live mic and released earlier this week by the NFL, calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead Stadium was where all of this started. Now, on the Cincinnati side, some might say that's just sideline stuff between teammates celebrating victory in Buffalo and that the real opening salvo came from Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay yesterday. Check it out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hang on one second, Tom. I have to find it real quick. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Here you are thinking about your hotel room and who's staying in the room and when you're it. leaving and how many family members are going. That's all on your mind. And yep. I even gave you a heads up yesterday. I yep. said, Casey, can we please get the clip of linebacker William? You, you wrote me right back. Yeah. You said no problem. We already dialed in. I, I, I got dialed it. In. I, I just and I got here it. we are. So let's try it again. Let's edit the tape. The opening. Uh, I'm just excited to be playing football, man. That's the that's what comes with the game, you know. Uh, we like Coach Reed said, we don't do no talking. We just go handle business when it's time to go. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played it a few times. Nothing. Okay. Right. What do you got to do personally? You think you go out there and have your best game? Give us some of the Super Bowl. Stop your run for sure. Uh, you know they're gonna try to do that to you know act like they can big boy us, but uh, front six, seven, we're gonna definitely do our job and try to slow that down. So. Okay. So the answer is nothing. Nothing impresses him about the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Nothing. Not Joe Burrow. Not Jamar Chase, not T. Higgins, not Tyler Boyd, not Joe Mixon. Nothing. Speaking of nothing, that would be the stat line of Mr. Gay in last week's game against Jacksonville. No tackles, no sacks, no passes defended, no quarterback hits. So it all evens out, right? But I mean, come on. Come on. That opinion of his is not shared by another soul of sound mind on the planet. We know that. So look, all of this is gamesmanship. And let's face it, we can't have it both ways. We can't get on players' cases when they're vanilla. They're boring. 
They say nothing. And that's the overwhelming majority of them in this day and age. But then at the same time, you go off on somebody who's not afraid to speak his mind. So we can't have it both ways. And let's be honest, it isn't more fun when this chirping goes on. Of course it is. It's a lot more fun. And you can rest assured that Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan have found all the extra ammo they need to create this seemingly never-ending series of perceived or very real slights. Whether they're from other teams, whether they're from the national media, the Bengals have played these to perfection. The bottom line is, all of this stuff is simply foreplay for the big event. That, of course, is Sunday's AFC Championship game in Kansas City. Bengals v. Chiefs, second consecutive year. The winner plays in the Super Bowl in two weeks in Phoenix, Arizona. Over on the NFC side, that matches the Eagles and the 49ers, who were unquestionably, the last three months of the season, the best two teams in the conference, in Philly's case, all year long. San Francisco's top two running backs, we told you two days ago, Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, they did not practice again yesterday. They haven't practiced all week. For McCaffrey, a pulled calf. Mitchell, a tender groin. Kyle Shanahan expects both will be ready come Sunday, 3 o'clock kickoff. Other news in the NFL. Former Colts head coach Frank Reich has been hired as the new head coach in Carolina. And former interim coach Steve Wilkes, his lawyer, is none too happy about it. The New York City-based law firm who represents Wilkes in his discrimination lawsuit against the NFL for being fired after one year as a head coach in Arizona says there is legitimate racism and a racial problem in the National Football League. Interesting note, Reich was the starting quarterback in Carolina's first ever game going back to 1995. Dan Quinn is staying put as defensive coordinator in Dallas. He interviewed for three head coaching jobs. Don't know if he was offered any of those. But he said he's taking his name out of consideration to return for what he said is unfinished business in Big D. The Cowboys incidentally fired six assistant coaches after the end of the season. College Hoops, couple of big ones for the locals coming up tomorrow. Xavier plays at Creighton on Saturday. The Blue Jays were picked to win the Big East at the start of the year. They're 12-8. and eight. UC plays at number three, Houston, Saturday at 2-15. That's on CBS. The Cougars have lost just twice all season long. Last night, this is breaking news to NKU alumnus Casey McAllister. <laughs> breaking news. But Northern Kentucky... On the home front last night against 2-19 Green Bay. How's that season going? And the Norths get their four straight wins, 68-50. NKU now 9-2 in the Horizon League. That's good enough for first place by a half game over Milwaukee. Top 10 action last night. Purdue beats that team up north. You know who they are. Arizona wins, although everybody around here uh, drowning their sorrows in gambling debt for the way that one turned out. And I was a kiss of death for my buddy Mick Cronin. Mm. I said at the beginning of the week they're going to win a national championship. They can't beat anybody. They lose again last night to intra-city rival USC. And sad news in college basketball for the younger folks. Maybe you weren't tuned into Billy Packer. 
He was a lead color analyst for 34 consecutive Final Fours. First at NBC when he was with Dick Enberg, then at CBS with Brent Musburger and Jim Nance. He died yesterday at 83 years young. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family and his many, many friends. Truly a broadcasting legend and a fascinating guy. Fascinating guy. Didn't have a computer. Didn't have a cell phone. Wanted nothing to do with any of it. He would prepare however it is he prepared, getting old school stuff, you know, um, sent from in the mail from the sports information departments of the teams that he was calling, did a lot of work in the ACC. My dad worked with him for many, many years. Sad to hear the news about Billy Packer. All right, boys, here we go. Here we go. Coming up on the show today, we have Zim Hude. What, what, what would a Friday be? without the man himself, Zim Hude. He was fired up the other day, boy. Yes, fired up, and we said, hey, listen. That's right, he was barking. Um, and we said we were going to wait to hear his thoughts on this game with Kansas City. And look, the, the, the guy knows what he's talking about. I mean, yeah, he's coming at it from strictly a Bengals point of view. We understand that. But he's also in tune with all the stats and all the numbers and all the the all 22 and all that kind of thing coaches film on the kansas city chiefs and then a little bit after 11 former bengal standout receiver tim mcgee he will truly break it all down as he did prior to the buffalo game predicting the bengals would go up there and take it to the bills and that they did all right boys well uh we know that brandon is going to kansas city we know Trace Fowler is going to Kansas City. Reed Mouse is going to Kansas City. Sean is going to Kansas City. Uh, and Casey, you're loading up the car, loading up the van. What? You, you driving to Winnebago up there? Uh, how many are you traveling with and when are you leaving? We are traveling with four. My father-in-law, my future brother You're not married yet. No, not yet. Okay. I said future father-in-law. You didn't say future that time. Go ahead. Well, well, go ahead. I've been saying future father-in-law all all this morning. Okay. But my future father-in-law, my future brother-in-law, and my best man, Thomas. Well, all four of us are going to drive up there Saturday. <clears throat> and we're going to stay, stay the night uh, about 15 minutes away from Kansas City. And then um, have Sunday to... Uh, Hang out, possibly tailgate, maybe go see the basketball, College Basketball Hall of Fame and, you know, then go watch the game. Where is the College Basketball Hall of Fame? It's Kansas City. It's a the, the experience. It's like a big interactive museum type deal. Hall okay. of Fame. But that's thing. not, I mean, there, there really is no such thing, though, right? Is it college? Is there a college yeah, basketball that's, Hall that's of Fame? Yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah. Okay, okay so it yeah. is in Kansas City. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, it's right down the road. What, Lawrence, Kansas, about, what, 30, 40-minute ride from Kansas City? Not even that long, uh, right? I don't, I, I don't think it's that long. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like 20 minutes, just right across the border. Yeah. You go rolling right into Lawrence, Kansas. Well, we, we won't be there, Tom. No, you and I will be right here holding down the fort. Uh, it'll be uh, Paul and me on Monday. Casey gave me a tutorial yesterday on how to run the ship. So we will see oh, how boy. flawlessly oh, things boy. go. Uh, on I wish you would not have shared that with me, Paul. 
We're going to run through. you would not have shared that with me at all. Are we going to have limitations? I'm being this on a serious note. Because, look, we're going to have thousands watching on Monday after the Bengals come away with a win. And I just need to know ahead of time, are there going to be limitations as to what we can or cannot do? Casey, I'll ask you, since you are the, you know, you're MC Casey, Master Control Casey. Are we going to have limitations with Paul running the ship? Um, I, I don't think so. I it's so full, funny. I have what is faith. so funny? Brandon's over there, I the dunce in the corner. Cackling. my guy, Paul. There what? we go. I have full faith in my guy, I didn't ask you if you had faith in Paul. I asked you, is there a chance, just based on his limited, if virtually zero experience sitting in your seat, are we going to be limited? Like, if I wanted to come in, I was saying about this driving today, okay? If we wanted, we've never done this before, but, you know, if we wanted to come in and I share with Paul during the course of the game, okay, let's clip that play. Let's clip that play. Let's clip that play. And I wanted to have, like, Five, seven, eleven plays. Bang, bang, bang. When I throw it to him, we rip him off. How about this play on third and seven? Burrow runs for the first down to keep the drive alive. Then come back out. Right? I mean, is that or, or is that? That's probably way, way too bold to think, right? Well, as long as he's got the footage and he can get it edited yeah. ahead of time, I'm sure he could get it ready for so you. So would he need to get in about when the Bengals game is over? Just come straight here to Hamilton. It's an all-nighter. It's an all-nighter situation. But yeah, I mean, if I have the footage, if we can get the footage, I can do it. Yeah. Question is just whether we can find it somewhere. If I can get it, I'll do it. I have full faith that there won't be a look. There's no replacing Casey. I um, mean, but... Everett says maybe the biggest single show on this channel thus far, and the only two guys hanging are Paul and me, and everybody else is out of here. We're gonna put on a show, Tom. It's a great point. It's a great point. Brian says, Tom, why don't you just announce a whole game so we can turn off Romo? Get off Romo. Come on. Enough already, as they like to say. Um, okay. You know, I read a couple of really interesting articles uh, this morning, and one of them is on ESPN, the other on The Athletic. Uh, I'm going to start with the ESPN article because it got into some things that I'm going to ask uh, uh, Tim McGee about. But, you know, we've been talking so much about how Patrick Mahomes has had more pass attempts outside the pocket than any other quarterback in the National Football League, okay? And we know he's a, you know, very creative guy, right? But it's interesting to note that you go back to the Week 13 game against the Bengals. That's the most recent matchup between these two teams. Bengals won that game by the same score they won the AFC Championship game last year, 27-24. Championship game went to overtime. Mahomes in the game against the Bengals had one of his best games from inside the pocket and one of his worst career games against the Bengals outside the pocket. I found that very interesting. Very interesting, and that he has been much better in the pocket than a lot of people think he has, and of course most believe he's going to be forced, because of the ankle injury, to throw out of the pocket maybe more than any other game this entire year. Um, he gets rid of the ball quickly, and a couple of things stand out about this game. Okay, let's start first of all with red zone. 
It's really interesting. You look at these teams, okay? The Bengals were fifth in the NFL in efficiency on offense, scoring inside the red zone. They were ninth in defense, limiting teams to touchdowns inside the red zone. So fifth on offense, ninth on defense. Kansas City scores plenty of touchdowns once they get inside the 20. Second in the NFL. But their red zone defense, 31st in the league, preventing touchdowns. Mm. Is that, boys, the difference in the game? When all is said and done, the Bengals, if Kansas City gets in the red zone four or five times, you hold them, say it's five, you hold them to two or three field goals. Is that the difference in the game? I mean, I think that's been the difference in the game for for the majority of the games that they've played against each other. I think if you look at all three, they've had situations where, I mean, like the big stop at the end of the half last year in the championship game, holding them without getting without getting a, a single point in the red zone. That was huge. Yep. Um, us being able to be very efficient in the red zone and – get our opportunities and, uh, you know, to score on our opportunities has been, I think, the real difference here in, in these games. I mean, it's a difference between three points in most of these games, right? I mean, 31-34, 27-24, uh, um, I think that's what it was week 13 too, right? Well, both both games, the last two times yeah. they played, that's been the final score. The only difference in those two games, uh, as I mentioned, was in the championship game, as we know it went to overtime. Yeah, so, I mean, I think a field goal could be the difference. It really could be. Um, I do think, though, that a major contributing factor is the turnover differential. Well, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think we've always been the ones that had the positive turnover differential in these games. Um, I could be wrong on the first time they met in, uh, in Paycor, um, but... I think that's also huge too. If we can play clean and if we can have an efficient offense, balanced offense, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to compete and there won't be any um, doubt or dip in, in faith in this Bengals team to get it done. Paul, thoughts? <laughs> How many times have we, have we talked about what the Bengals need to do here against the Chiefs when it comes down to the fourth quarter. And we talked about how the Chiefs have had this fourth quarter leads and how mm-hmm. how the Chiefs have been right there on the doorstep. And that's what I keep coming back to when I think about this game where is Kansas City going to have a response for what the Bengals have done to them three times now? And I, I'm not of the train. I know Trace has talked a lot about when you beat somebody one time, well, okay, when you beat them a second time, you have a bigger sample size. And when you beat them a third time, you just own them. I'm not fully on that board yet because the games have been so close and because they're, the Bengals have been one flip of the ball away from losing all three of those games. One fluke play, you know, it, Eli Apple doesn't make that tackle, whatever. They've been one play away from losing all those games. So that's where it sounds to me like I am way more tentative about this game than, than the, the rest of the people in this office. But I am fully of the belief I am already if we're talking about bet, betting on the Bengals how confident am I I'm already heavy on the Bengals I think the Bengals are going to win this game 
But I think this is going to be a very, very close game that the Chiefs obviously are extremely motivated to win. And I'm curious to see what the crowd is like at this game because we, we saw the ticket prices. We've seen how the Bengals fans have traveled. But this is the fifth AFC championship game in a row for the Chiefs. Is there – it's wild to say. It's wild to say, but I'm going to throw it out there. Is there any fatigue? You've seen, this, you've seen it now four times. Negative. Big time football town. No, it's, I'm, not knocking, I'm not knocking Kansas City necessarily. No, I know you're not, but I'm but, saying no. No fatigue. But in, in the weather, when it's like, hey, do I, do I make $300 on selling a ticket and watch it from home? Then a Bengals fan buys it, and I mean everybody in this office is going. Well, we're not Tom, but everybody in this office is going. You know, there is a there's going to be a lot of Bengal fans at that massive contingent of Bengal fans at this game. No question, it's going to be it's there's going to be a lot of orange and black in that stadium, including Casey, including Brandon, including Trace, Burrowhead. You know. Another thing that really jumps out to me when you start looking in, and again, as many of you know, I'm not a big stat guy, but there's, there, there are some things that, 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 you know, you get away from just looking at yards per game and rush attempts per game, all that kind of thing. Here, here's a thing that I think that has been often overlooked, although Romo has pointed this out regularly, and I think it often is overlooked. Kansas City... Whenever they throw the ball, their yards after the catch is more than any team in the NFL this year. More than anybody. Over 2,900 yards after the catch. Okay? And that means that what's happening is they'll throw the ball to somebody, right? They'll break that tackle and then off they go. Could be four yards, could be five yards, could be 35 yards. The Bengals are the best tackling team in the NFL. I mean, you can talk about Lou Anarumo from now uh, till the end of time, and we do on the show on what a great job he's done as defensive coordinator. In a day and age where tackling has become almost obsolete, good tackling, that is a very core of a defensive coach's job is how well does your team tackle? I remember looking at a video that was done years ago by Pete Carroll and Urban Meyer. They, they, they put together along with whoever the defensive coordinator was under Urban at the time. And, and, and Pete Carroll was the first guy when they started changing the rules about how frequently you could hit in the pro game during the week. You're only allowed to hit, on average, it's not even once a week in the pro game inside of your practices. So Pete Carroll decides, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have these tackling dummies, which everybody has, but then they really focused on tackling, good tackling, proper tackling, safety tackling, all of these kinds of things. And it was an unbelievable video to watch. You, Some of you can go back and watch it. It's easily available, probably on YouTube, I would guess. But the way the Bengals have tackled is amazing. And look no further than what Travis Kelsey has done, or more accurately, what Travis Kelsey has not done against the Bengals that he does to everybody else. Okay, when you look at Kelsey, 
Now, let me find these numbers. For Kelsey in his games, the last three games against the Cincinnati Bengals. Gosh, I got to dig this up. I just had it. Basically, he's averaged six yards or six catches per game and 58 yards. Now, if that's not shutting down the best tight end in the NFL, I don't know what is. That means he catches it, they tackle him, no big plays. Can they do it again this week? Kelsey was targeted 17 times against Jacksonville. Had 14 receptions, not a ton of yards for 14 catches. Jacksonville does a nice job tackling. But as we know, they get down the red zone. Everybody and his brother knows that Kelsey's getting the ball, and they still find a way to get it to him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge part of the game. Um, we've had the what feels like the, the kryptonite, which is um, Trey Flowers, right? I mean, he, he's seemed to be a great answer to defending the tight ends that we go up against, like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. And he's done an admirable job um, the last three times he's faced Kelsey. Um I was kind of shocked that you brought that uh, those statistics up. I mean, I didn't realize it was about six catches, fifty-eight yards. That's it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, and you know, even when he does seem to make a big play, it seems like there's always something there tailing the back end of that, like the strip fumble or Trey Flowers getting an interception, like in the the, the Buccaneers game. Um, I know it's a different different team, but still, there's always something there that he's right there. Trey Flowers is always right there, ready to make a play. And I think they've done a really good job um, executing in that front, limiting their best player on their team. And we were doing that even with Tyreek Hill on the other side of the field. So, to me, I think the real challenge will be Pacheco, um, they they seem to do a really, really good job running the ball. He seemed to be able to break tackles and be able to gain that extra yardage. Um, I just saw in the chat here earlier that uh, I, if this is accurate, Pacheco, he um, is averaging seven yards per catch or per, per carry, carry, per, per carry, carry um, since, since we faced him. So... I mean, that's, that's going to be number one. We got to limit the efficient run plays from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, that's a tall task, but if we can make them one-dimensional, I think that's what we should do. Is Trey Flowers going to play? I was searching everywhere, and I was trying to find out. You know, we, 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 we've been reading so much about you know Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa. Are they coming back? Clearly, they're not. Uh, for this game, maybe by the Super Bowl, if the Bengals, of course, get there. But Flowers was inactive last week against Buffalo. He's had a, a hamstring injury that's been lingering uh, seemingly forever, and that's a tough place to get healed. He was a full participant Thursday. So he's good to go. He should be good to go. And Hayden Hurst was the one, the big, the big uh, name that came up um, on the injury list Thursday as a limited participant, his calf. 
Well, it's um, been bothering all year. I mean, or at least halfway through the year when he originally hurt it. Yeah. And he did not play, I think, one or two games, whatever it was. And, and, and the other guys did a good job, but they need Hurst. Hurst is a good player. He's a really good player. It's going to be tough if, if for some reason he can't play. But I, I can't imagine. There's no way he's not playing. I can't imagine, no. right? No. Just take the calf out. Just go into surgery, take the calf yeah. out. <laughs> you can have mine. <laughs> so Donate my calf. Yeah, take mine. What now, do I need it for? I don't know about that, but you might be better off without one, period. <laughs> Come on. Paul's a gamer. I try. Paul's a gamer. My wife got all over me yesterday, and she infrequently, if ever, watches the show. But she got on me big time yesterday about saying leader of men. She said, I'm tired of hearing it. Oh, no. And that's no. what I said to her. I'm like, hey. I'm like, you know, look. I said, I haven't said it yet about... The head coach, we're, we're right on that line now. We're right on the brink. But, I mean, she got all over me yesterday about that. Hurt my feelings. Oh, no, Tom. Don't, don't let that get you down, Tom. Leader don't of men. Get... Oh, that was a Seho special. I did not. I, uh, don't let that get you down, Tom. By the way, Emperor points out that Hayden Hurst did not play in the first game, the regular season game this year against Kansas City. No, he didn't. Could be a difference maker. Guess what? As it's pointed out by Emperor, um, like he was in the Buffalo game. AJ says, tell your wife to pipe down. You're clearly not married, AJ. <laughs> clearly not married. Alex. Our numbers are a little down today. I wonder what's going on. I mean, we're just kicking off the show. Fridays are normally a big day around here, especially with the Bengals going. You imagine what those numbers look like when the Bengals win the Super Bowl and then two weeks later? Oh, man. We're talking about February college basketball and pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, which, by the way, we talked about this on this show two months ago after there was a... Uh, investors call with the parent company of Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair is the parent company. And one of its subsidiaries is a Diamond Sports, Valley Sports, okay, to you and me. So, you know, used to be Fox Sports Ohio, now it's Valley's Ohio. Uh, Marquee in Chicago, uh, you know, Valley Sports South, Valley Sports Midwest, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and we predicted on this show after hearing that uh, earnings call when their CFO said that Valleys is in big trouble, fiscally in big trouble. Well, now it appears they're heading for bankruptcy. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this today, but believe me when I tell you, as we told you two months ago, this has a chance to be the single biggest story in sports in 2023 the repercussions the ramifications if teams don't get their local rights television fees for some teams that's 40 million 50 million 70 million 150 million depending on market size per year it's the number one source of revenue for all of these teams not their ticket sales not their national tv money it's their local TV money. In essence, it's the single biggest sponsor 
of these franchises. And I think that something like 18 or 19, maybe more, of the teams in Major League Baseball will be affected by this. There are some others that aren't in bed with Valleys. That, you know, they have Comcast or whatever it is they have, in Philadelphia and some others. Um, it's going to affect NHL and NBA teams as well because they have the rights. Just look at, at Valleys, Ohio as a perfect example, okay? They have the rights to the Reds. They have the rights to the Indians. They have the rights to the Cavaliers. They have the rights to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, the NHL and the NBA have done some things to sort of prepare for this day from a physical standpoint with some streaming stuff, some walls up and streaming, so on and so forth. Major League Baseball said we want no part of that. And boy, could it come. I mean, this is potentially a huge story in sports. Paul, you tweeted it out yesterday. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's it's really hard to understate. You did a, a, a great job there laying it out, Tom, of how just massive this is because it's not just baseball. And baseball has become so regionalized in the last couple of decades where, you know, you watch your team and you follow your broadcaster and you follow your people and you know everything about the team that's closest to you or whoever you're a fan of. And there are a lot of teams in baseball that are owned by this Bally Sports Network, or, well, that, that are, are partnered with, with Bally Sports on the regional side. But it's not just baseball. It's these other sports, too. And if they can't get their money from this, this is, oh, this is not good. It's not good. And I don't know. I haven't done enough digging to know to go into the back end of all of this and know you know, how it's going to affect, you know, if they file for bankruptcy, like how all that's going to work. Right. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I do. But it's not a good look, and now the question is for baseball. And the thing about baseball is they could have it so easy, baseball could. They could have it so easy if they just made MLB TV available to everybody without blackouts and you could just stream every game. But they haven't done that yet can't watch the reds on mlb tv unless you have a vpn but that's another thing you got to do it's just unbelievable how inaccessible it is and um you know look there are four banks or money groups that hold the note and i'm not going to get deep into the weeds on this because we could spend all day here but if valleys does indeed file for bankruptcy the note is held by these four different bankers, for lack of a better term. Now, they could take over ownership of the whole thing and figure out a way to make this thing work. There was talk months ago after that earnings call, the conference call by Sinclair, that Major League Baseball might think about come in, coming in and buying all this. Clearly, when they got their bean counters in a room with Rob Manfred, the bean counters made it very clear to Manfred and Major League Baseball, this is clearly not a good idea for whatever reason. And I can assure you they are strictly fiscal reasons because at the end of the day, we know all these sports leagues, it's all about the cash. Doesn't matter who you're in bed with here, who you're in bed with there, you know? I mean, it's all about the cash. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I don't know if it has any effect on this year if all of a sudden they file for bankruptcy, from what I read, 
the, the first clause in the deal is the teams don't get paid their rights fees money. That's the first thing off the line item that goes away. And if that happens, that means that Bob Castellini, that means that DeWitt in St. Louis means every single owner out there all of a sudden thought they had 40 million, 50 million, 130 million, 150 million. Some of you own small businesses out there. Can you imagine your biggest client, your biggest customer, all of a sudden cancels this deal you've had in place with them? And that represented 40%, 30%, 60% of your overall revenue as a company? Having a hard time closing those eyes and sleeping well at night. And Tom, one other thing I want to put in perspective, and this is red specific. Think about this. Kids that are turning 10 years old this year have never seen the Reds win a playoff game. 10 years old. 10 years old is old enough to understand sports and know wait, what's whoa, happening. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Win a playoff game? They haven't won a playoff game since 1995. Oh, no, since, no, 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 you're right. 2012. Or 12, 20, yes, 12. against the Giants. They, I they didn't win series. the series. I they didn't win the series. Series. Yeah, a series, yeah. But even, I'm even talking about a game. Forget right. a series. I'm talking about a game. Right. They've only seen them score two runs in the playoffs. And 10 years old is old enough to know what's going on and know that you understand that when you go down to your local baseball team, that they're not going to have many people in the stands. We're not talking about kids that are, you know, three, four, five, and they go to their first game, and by the time they're 10 years old, oh, well, the team's rebuilt, and now all of a sudden I'm invested in the team because that rebuilding that happened when I was in preschool and kindergarten, it, when you're in that formative age of, you know, second, third grade, when you're really starting to latch on to sports, by that time the rebuild is done and, you know, you're, you're winning games. That's not happening right now, and all these Reds fans – that are looking at building the next generation, you're losing that generation, if not already lost it. And it's, it's brutal. It's, it's just we're, brutal. We're coming up on 30 years since they won a playoff series. Yeah. 30 years. So you're talking about the 10-year-old just to see it win a game. Yeah. Right? Win a playoff game. But at least, at least in the thirty years, I know you could say they didn't win a playoff. But at least you had, at least you had, you know, Ken yeah. Griffey Jr. At least you had Adam Dunn. You had excitement. You had reasons to go down to the ballpark. But I know that I understand they didn't win a playoff series. I understand that. But there hasn't even been any of that in the last ten years, really. No question. Were you uh, wanting to add something there, Mr. Seho? Year olds. I'm about to be 30, and I haven't seen them. I, mean, I guess I was two when the, the last playoff series was won in 95, but it is a problem that has happened in this city for 30 years. I mean, we've had, he's mentioned Ken Griffey Jr., he, you know, we had the playoff runs. Like you said, 30 years never winning this series. That's why the Bengals going to the Super Bowl last year was such a huge thing because no one, forget 10 year olds. No one 30 years old or younger had ever seen a Cincinnati team advance in the postseason, ever, since 95. I know the Cyclones won two Kelly Cups. I'll give the Cyclones credit for that. But on the top of the professional level, you had never seen that. So the Reds, I don't know how you, and we've talked about this a little bit off camera, 
I get a little fired up about it. I don't know how you sell that product to anyone because Paul brings up a good point. If you're 10 years old, you've never seen the Reds. You saw 2021, the 2020 playoff, whatever, with COVID. 2020, 2021 was an exciting season, but they came up short, lost seven straight series in the second half. You've never seen anything really that great. Well, guess what? If you've watched it for 30 years, you've seen five rebuilds already. Why would anyone believe that it's going to be any different this time? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like somebody brought up in, you know, in, in the chat the other day in reference, they asked the question, why would you trust the Bengals management and ownership uh, based on track record? But, you know, look, uh, you can get it turned around in a hurry, and we've seen that yeah. in the Bengals. They've gotten it turned around in a hurry. Two different sports. Two. Well, I understand. Yeah. I understand, but I'm just saying – you know, they were playing by the same rules as football does, unlike baseball with, you know, salary caps, et cetera, et cetera. They were playing by the same rules as everybody else, but they weren't pouring the money into making it a better product, they being right. the Bengals. But now they are. Right. Well, and I'll give the Reds credit. That stadium and that experience and a few years like, you know, 2010, 2012, 2013, and obviously they tried to spend a bunch of money in 2020 to the 2022 was their window – but Great American Ballpark, that's a fantastic place to watch a game. I love the view of the river. I love everything they, they offer, whether it be the different bars, the food. I mean, that is one of the best ballpark experiences you can get in Major League Baseball. Yep. But at some point, the bobbleheads aren't enough. you got to start winning. And I just don't see that anytime soon. And so for the 10-year-olds, I feel bad that <laughs> you haven't seen it, but whew. I waited 30 years for this Bengals Super Bowl run. Hopefully, you know, number two here coming up in a couple days. It's I hope I hope those kids don't have to wait 30 years to see the Reds win. All right. Um, Sorry, I got emotional. No, listen, you're 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 echoing the sentiments of so many out there, and believe me, we have lots of time to talk about the baseball team. Oh boy. But. There is nothing better on this show every time we have him on. And then we do the clips, send them out. Casey and Paul and Brandon send everything out. No one brings in the reception and the likes and the views than our man Zimude. And I mean, today he's polished up that camera. He doesn't have all that light in the background. He's closed up the shades. His handsome face, his million-dollar smile is right here. Zim, good morning to you, young man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. That's crazy. I, I looked at the playback, and I was like, man, the camera was terrible. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? But, man, I'm really I'm really excited. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I was just listening to Say Ho just now. Uh, man, he had me at the mustache. Like, you know, you, you know, once you see the stash on that guy. Unless you're I mean, a, a young single woman, they are completely turned off by the stash. But please continue on. <laughs> Obviously, you like it. I don't know if it's the stash or whatever. I mean, that's what I've been thinking about all day, man. I just feel like You've it's You've been so thinking tough. all day about his mustache? Yes. It's like, no, no oh some of the God. stuff he was saying on a serious note about the 30 years and, you know, like, um such a large amount of people I told like one of my friends I said man it's almost like this weird dark cloud over top of being a Bengals fan 
and I can't explain it to somebody. It's like every time there's like a triumphant moment, there's always somebody like, you know, like trying to like bring us down for some weird way. And, and I'd be like, well, maybe I'm just overreacting. And then I'll tell somebody else, they'd be like, bro, like it's crazy. Like they don't even really want, I feel like they don't like us like celebrating certain stuff. And then I was going in, in my phone, I went in there yesterday and I was like, man, I just was looking in the last two, three years. Like, I remember the day that Joe Burrow tore his ACL and I remember I was like, whoa, like I was crushed. And to be here this fast, Ace asked me on, on our show on Cincinnati Pie yesterday, he said, man, is, is, this the, is this the fastest turnaround in the history of sports like you're you you know you're more of a savant than me but is this the is that is that i have a theory if it is but is this the fastest turnaround in the history of sports well it's got to be right up there i mean from where they were like you said uh burrow's first year uh they were awful um he gets hurt which you know like you said added insult to serious injury um and now you know he comes back the next year run to the Super Bowl. Here he is now, a step away from another Super Bowl. Tell me, Zim, you and Ace Boogie, we had him on earlier in the week as well. You guys have looked it all over. Well, first of all, are you going to the game? Did I read that on Twitter? You said you're going to Kansas City? I think I am. I just got to figure out. I got a ticket. I got. I think I can get a flight, but the problem is the Monday flight leaving. There is nothing, and that's my biggest dilemma. So I would have to stay there an extra day, but I have a job, so it's just tough. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. So well, you ought to come to work for Chatterbox. I mean, hell, everybody around here allegedly has a job, but they're blowing off work on Monday and Tuesday. I should. I should. Maybe I should Wednesday. go to Chatterbox. Man, you my should. Twitter ever since I. Ever since I got my Twitter back, I'm telling you, y'all got to find me, like, some sponsorships or something. I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, I guess it's just on the strength of the Bengals, you know, going, you know, sure. possibly to another Super Bowl. Crazy. Like, I, if I don't look at my Twitter, like, in, like, five minutes or something like that, I miss, like, a day's worth of tweets. Like, people be like, you didn't see this? I'm like, I, I can't see it all. So, like, it's on fire, man. I don't know if y'all having, like, the same issue. Well, it is look, insane. If anybody out there wants to be the sponsor for Zim Day on this show, we are, I mean, maybe you own a company, maybe you're part of a company, you're looking, you got some extra ad dollars. If you want to sponsor Zim and, and his appearances on the show, we are more than, than, than open and ready and willing to do whatever you want to do. Tell me, Zim, what you're thinking about the game. What are you thinking? Come on. I feel really good. I, I you know, I, I, I know that there's some things that I should be worried about, but I feel like their strengths, you know, like if you just look at the sacks, I went back and looked at the tape. It's a lot of it manufactured through like, you know, unique blitzes, uh, uh, Spags, their defensive coordinator, calling them from different angles, different corners, the nickelback and the linebackers. You can't do that to Joe Burrow. Like, you know, like, so, and then if you're telling me it's the front, I'm here to tell you the Buffalo Bills front was better than than the Chiefs as far as like the depth and overall. And you got to think statistically, the Bills were a top five defense and look what we did to them. The Chiefs, their corners are the worst tackling corners. Now, now much has changed now that uh, Ladarius Sneed is now on the outside and stuff. 
But early in the season, you know, it all of these stats kind of like piled up or whatever they compiled. But they have been the worst ranked tackling corners. And I'm just like, if you're going to go against these three guys, these three wide receivers, you got to be able to tackle in space. And then if Joe Mixon, like after you said that on the show, you know, I told Joe Mixon what you said too, 100%. Um, and we had a real good reflection conversation because last year, one of the things that I was, I was telling him and I put out a stat on it, Joe Mixon was met in the backfield over 50% of the time of, of the times that he carried. And he still had over 1300 all purpose yards, but people are like, so in this society we live in, they go and look at box scores. And it's just one of those things that he never griped about it. He never like complained in the media, never threw his offensive line under the bus. Um, but this year, you know, once we got past new Orleans and I was looking at, you know, like the bills game unstoppable. He, he looked like a top three running back in the National Football League, at least for that one game. And if he's running anything like that, the Kansas City Chiefs have no chance. Like, they have no chance. If he's running like that and Joe Burrow's throwing the way that he's throwing, I just can't see it. Um, I think all the matchups, for the most part, do work in our favor. Cordell Volson had his best PFF grade of the season last time that we played the Chiefs going against um, uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones had his worst game of the season. They ran duo blocks and, and doubled him up every single time they went to the run. He was out of the game. He didn't register a sack or a pressure in the game. Joe Burrow threw for 83% in that game. And the, and the offense wasn't anywhere near what it is right now. And they want me, and his adjusted completion percentage was 90% against the biggest, baddest dogs in the block, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Bengals got better. And then they want me to be like, yeah, like you got to pump the brakes. Like, no, y'all need to pump the brakes on whatever you think is over there in Kansas City and tell me that you got a plan for something that we got over here. Because everything that I'm looking at right now looks like we are elevating and the other team can't tell me the same. I don't think anybody is is should be uh, villainized or or taken down or 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 shadow on just because you feel confident in this team. They're on a ten game win streak, and God damn it, they look like it. <laughs> yes, they do look like it. Hey, what is that lid you have on? Well, what is that thing? This is my. Hey, I'm the captain of the ship today. You know, you know, we gotta. <laughs> You know, though, sometimes they tried to drown me on, on Twitter. They're like, you you think this. And, you know, like, man, I'm the captain of the ship. Let me put my captain. Like, if we ever get on the boat, I'm going to wear this hat. I don't – this is a you brand, know, you, one of my you, favorite. Yeah, but if you're going to be the captain of the ship, Zim, look, you, you got to get a real captain's hat. You got to get one of those ones with a tiny little bill on it. You know you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, like, like You would captain. look very handsome in one of those captain's hats, I think. I'm going to work on it. If, if, if we go to a Super Bowl – uh, and win the Super Bowl, and there's a float. You have my word. I'm wearing. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna work on it now, just in case. Oh my God. Yeah, just in case. I'm gonna wear a captain's hat on the float, and then I'm gonna be at the front of you know whatever float I'm on. You know, I'm gonna work my hardest to get on that float. But well, I will wear. Hey, listen, if they I'm have a, a parade, and they will have a parade in downtown Cincinnati, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, hundreds of thousands will be there. Um, you, you know, I walked down Captain Main Street. You being hat, and you need to be in the uh, in the parade. Now, let me ask you this real quick: um, 
Are you in full-on savage mode yet? I mean, full-on. Or, 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 or is that a build-up? Because the other day, you know, you started talking about it and the dog coming out. You wanted that dog to come out and me. You started barking and stuff like that. Are you in, is this a crescendo kind of thing where it's starting to rise now? We're, we're roughly, you know, a little more than 48 hours away. Where are you with savage mode? On a scale of one to ten, I'm at a, like a six, seven. If I get over there to Burrowhead, man, I don't, I don't think people are ready for this level of savagery. Like this is, this is, I might, I might reach new heights. Now I'm gonna tell you, there was a moment, you know, for the most part, I like to focus, watch the game. Um, when I was there at Arrowhead last year, I'm sorry, Burrowhead, I was there last year, and that third down run with Joe Burrow, like. Uh, hops over Chris Jones and yep. Chris Jones is trying to reach him. I, I had an out-of-body experience. I jumped in my seat and I was like, Woo! you know, like one of those. And I and 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 if they thought I was a savage, then and like all the people that were around me was like, oh my God, like what's wrong with this guy? You know, this is going to be on a whole nother level. I, I just don't know what they're gonna stop they they could do to stop me this time, Tom. I've got, well, I got, I made a design on, on two different shirts. Whew. We win this game. It, uh, like this, I was just looking at it before we came on. This, you know, we talked about my site, zimhooday.com before. This is the best design I've ever created. If this they win the, the game, you're the, saying. If they win the game. If they win the game. That's or the when key. they win the game, right? When they win the game. When they win the game. And and I mean the level of savage, like the level of savage, is going to reach heights you've never seen before. I have I no doubt that. about that whatsoever. All right, could you please let all of us know? I mean, you can let me know privately, but I know there are so many Bengal fans that are going to the game. So please let us know on Twitter if you're going to the game, or of course if you're going to be streaming it live, watching it there at home in the uh, elite suburbs of the elitist town of Washington, D.C. I sure will. I will let everyone know very, very shortly. I got, I'm, I'm trying to figure out some stuff, but I gotta get there, man. I gotta get there. I Dude, gotta, you gotta get talk there. to your boss, okay? I mean, you just gotta talk to him. You gotta say, look, you know, right? You gotta say, hey, look, you know, Tuesday, can I get back, you know, all right, Tom. I understand. Everybody has hat? a job, you know. Tom, you see this hat? Yeah. I am the boss. You see, see that the the other level of this is the people are counting on me to be available, and, okay. and and okay. and one of my things is I I never ask anyone to do something that I wouldn't do, and I don't want to let them down. I so understand. yeah, I do play around on Twitter a lot or whatever, but I actually employ some people that are expecting me to direct them on some stuff and I don't want to leave them hanging okay. just for the Bengals as much as I love the Bengals. You're a good man. That's why we love you, Sim. All right, my man. Safe travels. Godspeed. If you are traveling, otherwise we'll be tuned in during the game to hear your commentary. When are we gonna do it? When are we gonna do a? Uh, when are we gonna call a game together? Hey, you know what? Whenever you're in town, uh, just come on over to my. Although when you come into town, you're a big league operator. You got people to see, places to be. You're hanging with Bengals players and stuff like that. I'm just schlepping around in the suburbs. But look, one of these days, you know, uh, when you're in town, if you don't have a ticket or whatever, and you and I want to want to stream live and do the game, I'm all in. I'm you know what in. we should do. 
I don't have a Twitch account or whatever. I'm not I, like I'm like maybe your son could like give me some game or something like that. You know, Twitch. That's the one where they stream and whatever. Like that, they, all the kids are doing it. Okay. Uh, but um, extra son, he'll tell you about it. Okay. You know what we should do when we win this game or something. We should like go back and call it, or even like the Super Bowl or whatever. Like we should just call we, it together. Somebody as brought though, that like, up yesterday, and, and I think as, you as though and we've I never seen it on that game would be gold. We'd be better than Nance and Romo. I know that for sure. I believe. I I'm tell, I think it would be fireworks straight up. Like that's that's an amazing contrast, and I think people would love to hear your expertise, your voice. My craziness, like I, that, that sounds like a winner to me. They're Think all about it, on board the Zim Hude train. They're not on board the Tom Brenneman train. They are on board the Zim Hude. <laughs> and we're on board on the Zim Hude train right here on Chatterbox. So, Zim, we got to run. God bless you, my man. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you having me. Let's go get this win, man. Amen. There's our guy, Savage Mode. He's at a six, going to a 12. Zim. That's a real man. All right, we're going to take a break. Ham and Eggers take it away. We got Tim McGee coming up right around the corner. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Well, um, I know you didn't want to really talk about betting. No, we can. Um. But last night was just, ooh, that was brutal. Last night was the worst, was the unluckiest night. You know, sometimes we talk about, are you on the right side? Are you on the wrong side of a bet? Even if you lose, are you on the right side? Are you on the wrong side? Last night, we were on the right side of three of the four games that we were on. You could argue we were on the right side of all four and lost all four. It was the most horrific, unlucky night that I can remember and the worst it Arizona minus five and a half if you if you have not seen the clip of what happened at the end of the Arizona game I'm sure Trace we were all on it I don't want to speak for you but I I know Reed me Trace we were all on it I, my worst night was the day before it was Wednesday so I I took a break you, but it is unbelievable unbelievable how bad that is. Arizona was up 10. We only needed five and a half. They were up 10. 10 with 30 seconds left. Could have run the clock out, at least down enough that it would have been without a doubt. They threw an alley-oop off the backboard. Washington State comes down and lays it up. It's eight. Arizona gets the ball back, inbounds the ball. All they had to do was hold the ball. Tubelis goes up for a dunk, misses a dunk. Washington State comes back down, hits a three. They win by five. It was the most ludicrous, ridiculous, horrific, awful, terrible beat. And I was on the, the Kyler Murray. On, I was on the wrong end. I was on the Bills in the Kyler Murray Hail Mary during COVID. I was on the wrong end of that. This was worse. And that's not recency bias. This was worse. Because the game was terrible. At least the Kyler Murray play, was that was a fun game. This Arizona game last night was terrible. Guys were bricking threes all over the place. Mick Cronin gets a tee to hit the over with 18 seconds left or something. We were on the under in that one. That game probably would have run out. Mick Cronin gets a tee. That ends up going over. Which, by the way, Mick Cronin, these teams that he coaches, they've never been able to play well offensively. A couple years ago when they went to the Final Four, they had a pretty good offensive team. But this team, they have trouble scoring a ball. Tom doesn't want me to share that one. 
<laughs> they had trouble again last night. But Tim, agree, Tim McGee is in here, and he's ready to talk football. He is I mean, there's nobody better to talk about football and breaking it all down than the former great Bengal wide receiver number 85, Tim McGee. Tim, uh, first of all, our, our thoughts are with you. I, I know that you're, um, you're, you're concerned right now, and your, your thoughts are elsewhere with um, a family member who's not doing well, so we're thinking about you, praying for you, and um, hope everything's okay. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Actually, she's doing better. She's hanging in there. So, uh, you know, we, we have a lot to be blessed about, and I, I appreciate your kindness and your thoughts and your prayers, and, um, but uh, we're, we're doing okay. Okay. All right. Let, let, let's start with uh, – I'm really going to miss you. I can't believe you're not going to be on the, uh, the radio because you're out of town tomorrow because I love listening to you and, uh, and Chip break it down after the game is over. But let, let, let's talk about this game. You know, Tim, I went through some uh, interesting – I'm not a big stat guy most of the time. Uh, but, but, but to me, there are some stats that jump off the page in this game. Uh, and the one I talked about a little while ago is, you know, you can talk about this and you can talk about that with Lou Anarumo and his defense and so on and so forth. But, but you know better than, than anybody. There was a time not too long ago before the rules changed where, where, where tackling, the, the art of tackling was stressed over and over and over and hitting in practice and tackling in practice and all those kinds of things. So now the rules change the last number of years for player safety. We understand that. Um, but, but but one area the Bengals are ha, have been the best in the NFL this year is tackling people. And it was interesting to see that Kansas City this year, and you don't think of them as being a big play, lots of explosive plays. They don't have the wide receivers that the Bengals have. They got Kelsey, but they have the most yards after catch of any team in the NFL this year. Conversely, the Bengals have done the best job of tackling once a guy does catch the ball or run the ball this year. I got to believe that's something we overlook a lot. You agree with that or no? Oh, absolutely. Because uh, first of all, something's going to have to give. We know that uh, going into this game. And the advantage is always to the offense because if the offense hasn't an above average game and, and they break tackles um, that can lead to points and obviously points are, are the most uh, essential thing in in, in, in the game and in, in scoring. So yeah, I mean the art of tackling is probably defined more so nowadays where just rap hit rap where before it was see what you hit, uh, run through them, the aggressiveness, aggressiveness was there and nowadays, you know, I, I think it's just absolutely wonderful what they have the Bengals have done considering it's not an art they practice anymore you just can't you can't hit per the NFL Players Association rules you cannot hit during practice like during our days we practice hitting now of course I did not practice avoiding hitting getting hit but 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 the guys that got paid the real dumb guys that got paid to hit people which I never understood they practice their art and nowadays, you, that's not something you can really do. It's just more of the mechanics. And, you know, Coach Lou is, is more focused on, you know, putting guys in the right position and hoping they make the plays. And that's what they've been doing. You know, when, when, when you look at, and everybody has their own things that they think will be the key to the game, keys to the game, plural. For Tim McGee, what are the keys to this game? 
I think the run game for both teams, uh, we, we look at the star studded quarterback positions in Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, and that's something we fully expect the forward or pass to be a integral part of uh, the teams and whoever has the most success. But I think the run game, the run game and the run defense for both teams, that's going to pretty much dictate to me field position. That's going to dictate keeping the other star quarterback off the field. And when you look at the Buffalo game, I mean, that's the perfect, I mean, I'm talking about an absolute perfect example of, you know, you saw Josh Allen in the first quarter pretty much spending 80% of his time uh, on, the, on the sideline. And what that means is quarterbacks and offenses and offensive line, they don't get rhythm. And where consequently, you look at the other side, the Bengals had, they got into rhythm early, often, and they were able to uh, dominate. And when I say dominate, people think dominate like the score was 40 to three. No, dominate is in the time of possession, dominating the line of scrimmage, dominating the opponent by not letting them get into their rhythm. And I think the running game was a key last week, and that will be a key to either team, whether it's Kansas City or the Bengals. I think that's going to be the key for the team that's going to be successful. Do we, do we still have reason to be concerned about the offensive line? It was one game. You, you couldn't have played any better. Impossible, I think, when all is said and done for those three new starters and that group collectively of five. Uh, are, are you still concerned? I mean, is it, you know, we know Chris Jones is Chris Jones, and Buffalo didn't have anybody like Chris Jones after Von Miller went out. They're different kind of players, but they get big sacks. Um, still concerned? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if that, you know, one one performance yes amazing what they did was absolutely amazing they should be commended for it they i mean you know you just bow down to them they they did a absolutely wonderful job however you said it right buffalo didn't have the manpower the the, the bulls the the bull rushers the pass edge rushers they did not have the quality of players that the kansas city chiefs have I'm talking about on the interior. So, yes, this is going to be more of a test. And they're just, you know, again, they just got to go out there and just make sure from an offensive line standpoint, offensive linemen just got to make sure, A, their name or not is not called on the telecast. That means they've done something bad. B, they just got to make sure Kansas City is not displacing the line of scrimmage to the Bengals' backfield where now all the run lanes are down. And that makes Joe Burrow a passer, passer, passer. And I don't think that's going to be a, a great formula of success for the Bengals to be one-dimensional. Look, you never played for Zach Taylor. You played for Sam Weiss. Very similar guys as we've talked about in regard to their their uh, offensive acumen, uh, innovators, so on and so forth. But I'm just kind of curious, when, when you're a player on a team, and maybe there was a team like this when you were playing, I, I forgive me for not knowing this, but, you know, when, when you've beaten a team now three times in a row and you get into that whole game of, okay, well, we did this the last time, so now they think we're going to do this, and now they think we're going to do this, and now we know that they know that they know that we know, right? That whole game. How, how, how deep would you be digging into that kind of thing if you were the Bengals on offense? Would you be changing some things up uh, that, 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 that might have worked the last time because you're expecting them to change based on that? How deep into the weeds do you get on this stuff? Or, you, or do well, you just from, go out and be who you are? Well, from the Bengals offense, let's look at the Bengals. The Bengals... 
they have talent and they have talent that they could literally line up and beat every player on the defensive side of the football. I'm talking about skill position. So they don't have to put many wrinkles into it. But again, it's going to be so important on how the offensive line plays. Will they give Burrow the time needed to pick apart the secondary? So, yes, I think there will be some wrinkles, some adjustments, some things that maybe they're – Tom, every week a blitz read changes. One week you're running quick slants. The next ones you're running outs. The next one you're running deep balls. You're always going to adjust as far as blitz adjustments are concerned. So, yeah, you're going to have those built-in wrinkles. However, again, when you get to the Cincinnati Bengals, they have three formidable receivers that we all know that they can line up. And if you blitz them, if you blitz and Joe Burrow's given time, and Jamar Chase over the top, T. Higgins over the top, or Tyler Boyd in the middle of the field, that is something that Kansas City has to do more worrying than the Bengals have to do. All right, flip it around. Uh, you know, I, I, nobody knows except for the people inside that building uh, where the Chiefs practice every day. Nobody really knows. And, and, and look, maybe even nobody in that building knows until he gets out on the field and starts running around. But, you know, based on your history, and we talked about this when he first had the injury, but we've seen clips that Mahomes is, appears to be moving around pretty well. But, but, but based on your experience or players you played with or guys you played against or you or whatever the case may be, what is the difference between now actually walking out onto the field for the AFC championship game? You've got massive human beings, fast human beings chasing you around or trying to come get you. You know, where, where do you think he will be in terms of being able to move around? And I, and I know I think, you're not the doctor, but we, just based on your experience. I think he will be at the top of his game. And here's the reason why, Tom. Contrary to what popular belief is, when a player gets injury, injured, like Patrick, you focus more because you've been some of your athleticism has been taken away. So you have to beat people or beat the team with your mind, your arm, your progression your smarts, your IQ. So that's, I'm, I'm telling you, I've said this several times this week, that's the scary part about the whole game to me. It's when you have a full 100% Patrick Mahomes, that's something totally different than a guy that's playing, say, 90, 95, or 85%. And now he knows he doesn't have his mobility. He knows he has to make the perfect throws. He knows he has to go through his progression. To, and we, we know he has all the ability to do that. So that's the scary part to me. And you have a head coach in Andy Reid and a well-deserving of a head coach job, coaching job in the NFL and Eric Bieniemy. You have that two, that combination of those three, that three-headed monster going into a game where they've seen this team, this defense, three times. This is the fourth time. And let's just face it, it's not like the Bengals shut them down. The Bengals did enough to win the game. We know that. But I I am, like, really, really concerned that if people, and of course, the Bengals, if they really think that he is going to be limited, oh, my God, that it could be a long day for him. I mean, we could be talking next week about, what you know, the what ifs. Why did they take him for granted? Why didn't they do this? So 
you know, I think Coach will get Coach Lou will get after him early and often, and, and make make sure he gets him in a scrambling position because again, he has to protect that ankle. He does not want to have that contact where before you can wait that nanosecond to get rid of the ball, knowing you can handle the pressure or the tackle or the hit. But now you don't want nobody to roll up on that ankle. So you, if you make him think a fraction of a second faster than he has to think, maybe. Just maybe that will make him average, but we know he's one of the best in the business. You know, I, I'm curious, Tim. You hear frequently in sports that you know it, it, you don't want to ask guys to do something that they're not used to doing, whatever that might be. Okay. Um, what I'm getting at here is that the, the, the Bengals, by and large, in their success against Kansas City, everybody knows they'll rush three, they drop eight right? The passes will get completed. They move down the field. They tackle well when they get inside the red zone against the Chiefs and everybody else. They seem to really buckle down and not allow touchdowns. We've talked about that. But, but here's what I'm getting at. If all of a sudden you're going into this game and you know about Mahomes' ankle, are you doing your defense a disservice? And maybe this is totally out of whack and just crazy thinking, and if it is, you're not hurting my feelings. It, 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 are you doing yourself a disservice if you're Lou Anarumo by now all of a sudden drawing up a bunch of blitzes that you haven't been doing all year long? Oh, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You're, you're exposing the back end of your defense. And keep in mind, although they've played well to date, that defense is hurt on the back end. Uh, you, have, you have a couple starters out, and um, I would not – suggest going into the lab and coming out with an over-aggressive defense that exploits your secondary, especially your cornerback, the cornerback position. I think you're in, in Kansas City. Ooh, I, th I think that could be a very, very football deadly uh, formula that will create some real negative or some, you're exposing yourself to big plays is the bottom line, chunk plays. And, you know, you just, you said it perfectly a minute ago by saying what they do is you drop eight in the coverage and you say, okay, you're going to beat me from 20 to 20, from the 20-yard line to the other 20-yard line. Then we're going to tighten up. We're going to give you field goals, betting that our offense is going to score touchdowns. So as you score three, we score seven. After the first quarter, it's 14 to six. We'll take that success. And if you start blitzing, if Coach Lou, which I doubt very serious, if well, number one, I would jump off his president of his fan club if he was if he was to do that, and so we we definitely don't want. Bottom line, Tom, we don't want to see that. Now, again, situational football, you have to. You just can't let him sit back there and pick apart your defense. So you got to pick your spots of, of blitzing, but you got to have help over the top. And, and let's face it, Kansas City, they don't have Tyreek Hill. They have a bunch of good receivers, but I don't think they have any great receivers. I'm not including um, Travis Kelsey, of course. All right. Uh, end of the day. Uh, you, you know, you, you, final score, all is said and done. Sunday night, roughly around 9.30, 10 p. Eastern. What do you think that scoreboard reads? You know, I, number one, I think it's going to be a pick em. I think it's going to be a true pick em game. Um, I give – my heart's with the Bengals. I give Kansas City the advantage because they are playing in Kansas City. I 
it scares the hell out of me, Tom, that the Bengals play the most perfect game that they possibly could have played. And when you look at two elements, they played a perfect game against Buffalo. They've beaten Kansas City three times in a row. Will lightning strike for the third time? I have to go against that. Not in my heart, but in my football mind, I'm saying, okay, at some point in time, the ball, the oblong football, will bounce against the Bengals. And unfortunately, I think this this may be the case because they plan against a very, very good Kansas City team. But again, I think both teams are equally matched. And I think the edge goes to Kansas City from playing at home. All right, Tim McGee, we thank you as always for your time. You've been an incredible addition to this program. And we're hoping we're still talking about the Bengals uh, for about the next uh, two and a half, three weeks after the Super Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona, in two weeks from now. I sure hope I'm wrong on Kansas City one. <laughs> I'm not picking Kansas City, but I sure hope I'm wrong on the home field advantage team uh, coming out victorious. I, I want the Bengals to win. I, I want a Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl, and I want the Bengals to kick their derriers. I understand wholeheartedly, <laughs> young man, wholeheartedly. Tim, thanks for the time. Safe travels. All, all right. the best there. They're on the home front. Okay? Appreciate you. All right. Mm-hmm. Tim McGee laying it all out there. You know, I, I, I think really, uh, truth be told, a lot of us feel that way. Uh, Casey, even you with your um, orange colored glasses. I think everybody does have to. He just succinctly said what all of us are thinking about with this game. It's in Kansas City. Every single little break the last three times when they've played. Every little break has gone the Bengals' way. Now, they, they made some of those breaks. Pratt stripping the ball from Kelsey most recently in Cincinnati earlier this year. Game-changing play, clearly. But you just wonder, can it happen again? Four in a row, two in a row for the AFC Championship game in KC. And, you know, we, we talked about uh, the lock factor and um, we, not exactly team wise, but we talked about it with quarterbacks, how I thought Tom Brady had to have an incredibly lucky career to be the GOAT, which is I'm not taking anything away from him. He is the GOAT. But in this situation for the Bengals, I'm going to propose to you the idea that it wasn't just luck, that they're just a good team, a good football team that takes their opportunities when they when they have the chance to take them i mean let's be real here i mean they don't have that opportunity at the goal line against the ravens if huntley just does what he's supposed to do and goes underneath he takes a chance and goes up top and we take advantage of that opportunity yeah patrick mahomes in this in the championship game throws a deep ball into double coverage we get a swat von bell picks it off we took advantage of that opportunity. Same thing with the uh, the Raiders game. They were driving downfield. Pratt's in a perfect position to pick the ball off. Ends the game. Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill throws a really bad ball. We get it tipped up. Logan Wilson picks it off. And we drive downfield. Win the ball game. To me, it's once you've done it over and over and over again, 
when do we just stop and say that they're not lucky that they're just creating the opportunities creating well, I, the... I mean i don't think tim used the word lucky i didn't use the word lucky i'm just saying when does that break and i and i said the the, the bengals create all of those examples you just gave were situations where the bengals created the break but they're breaks you have to be in the back of your mind wondering do those breaks go their way again this week well i think the, the team has clearly shown that they are able to create their own breaks that's what i'm getting at okay. is that i think there, there shouldn't be any if the opportunity presents itself, they're going to take advantage of it. I think that's what I'm getting at. Is okay. when, when they have that opportunity in front of them, I don't think they're going to let it slide. Okay. Paul? I, I, I just keep coming back to what Kansas City, the organization, the fans, whoever it is involved with Kansas City, would feel like if the Bengals win again and the Chiefs go 0-4 against the Bengals. I just keep coming back to what that feeling must be like. And I think back to myself when – I remember being in the in the Carson Palmer days and in the Andy Dalton days where you had Tom Brady in the AFC and you always thought to yourself in the back of your head, man, to get to the Super Bowl, we'd have to beat Tom Brady, right? And all these other AFC quarterbacks. What must it feel like if you are an incoming college quarterback that's going to get drafted into the AFC, you know, the Texans, anybody like that, an incoming AFC quarterback, and you have to deal with Burrow and Mahomes and throw Allen, Trevor Lawrence, all of them in there. Justin Herbert, you got to throw all of them in there. No doubt. And what you got to deal with. But yet, two years in a row, here we are with the same AFC Championship game, and there's really no reason to believe why this couldn't happen again next year. Oh, and the next year. And, and the, ne the next year. You know, yeah. uh, once you, sure. Once you get farther down the line with free agency and you get some of these guys off of rookie contracts. You know, I know the Bills are going to have a lot of turnover on their roster over the next couple of years. I know that they're not playing in this game, but I'm just saying with the talent at the top, there's going to be a lot of turnover, especially you know, what happens with the Bengals once they sign Bro to his contract, all those things. There, there are a lot of variables there. But, man, you're, you're getting the two best teams here, and if Kansas City can't win this game two years in a row at home in the AFC Championship against the Bengals, where you seemingly have everything going for you, except maybe Mahomes' ankle, depending on how that shakes out. But if Mahomes ends up being healthy, if he ends up being the – if his ankle doesn't hold him back on Sunday, what do you do if you're Kansas City? Well, there, it, it's interesting you bring up this point because there was a phenomenal column written yesterday in the Kansas City local newspaper. And, you know, look, all of us – have to try and understand. Again, it's another thing I was thinking about um, driving in today. You know, we know, and I don't know if you've seen that video that came out, but it's just unbelievable, um, of, the, of Court Street in Athens, Ohio. Did you guys see this, no. this video? Of course, that's where Joe Burrow's from, and that's where Ohio University is. And, and Court Street is the main drag where all the restaurants and the bars and the shops and all that kind of thing. The best 200 yards in the United States of America, without a doubt. They can talk about that tired brick street at Miami and these other places. They High Street, Vine Street. Nowhere is Court Street. But anyway, they, they, you know, there are these go Joe, go number nine. So, okay, 
So the point I'm making is, and we see those all around Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes is that same guy, obviously, in Kansas City. I mean, day in and day out, he's getting all the pub. He's got his radio shows. Everybody loves him. Five straight AFC championship games. And this article, this column, pointed out all of those things. But it went on to say, what happens if Mahomes can't win this game? And talked about how now there's this guy out there Patrick Mahomes is not two games under 500 against any quarterback in the NFL. Two games under. The only one, Joe Burrow. And he's three games under. Under 500. And now all of a sudden, you're coming into this game, and the article was about basically that this is the first time ever ever in the short career, decorated career. He's about to win his second MVP. It's the first time ever that Patrick Mahomes, and when this column was written, the Bengals were still favored. But it's the first time in his career that he is going into a big game as the underdog. And does that do anything to his psyche? Does it motivate him more? Does he not care? Does it have him a little, you know, kind of wobbly when he, you know, puts his head down on the pillow at night and thinks about this whole thing. It talked about this being one of the very few defining games, if only defining game, in the career of Patrick Mahomes, where all of a sudden people might look at him differently, not from the positive, but from the negative. It's a really interesting story. Got, got pretty deep in the, you know, in the woods, Freudian stuff and all that. But, I mean, it makes you wonder. Just like you just pointed out, Paul. Great analogy. Everybody knew that you had to try and beat Tom Brady. And very few ever did. Right? Peyton Manning had a hard time beating Tom Brady. Yeah. Right? And, and now, that's what Mahomes is facing when he takes a field on Sunday at perhaps... Less than 100%. From a neutral viewing perspective, which we, we are not. Where are, you, where are you getting that from? From a neutral Are you co- consulting somebody here now as no, you're no, getting ready to no. prepare the following? No, I'm, I'm not going to say anything outrageous. I was okay. just about right, to say that, this, that th- these two quarterbacks is peak NFL football. These two, the, the, this game, this matchup is peak NFL football, and it will be for a long time. And I think if we just think about it, even if Patrick Mahomes does lose, I don't think that there's anything there that suggests that that he shouldn't still be considered at least top two or even better than Joe Burrow. I mean, there's a lot more to the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady fight i mean peyton manning never got a, a win over tom brady until seven time his seventh time and he never had a winning record versus tom brady ever so i mean if you look at it i think this could be a very similar matchup if they lose if tom, if patrick mahomes lose loses to joe burrow we might be talking about this like the tom brady peyton manning and i know we already do a little bit but I think it'll be more of the mainstream limelight. Like those are the two guys in the AFC that you got to get through. 
There's no other. There's no other team right now. It's not Josh Allen. It's not Justin Herbert. It's not Trevor Lawrence. It's Patrick Mahomes and that high-powered offense and the more balanced, more methodical killers in the Bengals and Joe Burrow. For me to get to that point, Burrow's got to win a Super Bowl. Burrow, because if Burrow gets back to the Super Bowl this year and loses again, then it's immediately going to become, oh, no. Uh-oh. He gets there, but can he win you the big one? And it, what would be tough about that, and I don't want to get too far down this road because the, the Bengals got to win on Sunday first, but what's tough about that is that both of these teams in the NFC are good matchups. If you're talking about being a fan of the 49ers or a fan of the Eagles, both of them, I mean, it's going to be a one-point spread. The look-ahead lines already came out for the games. Every single possible matchup in uh, – for the Super Bowl is a one-point spread, which tells you how even these teams are. But if you look at the pass rush of both of those teams, for the Eagles and for the 49ers, neither one of them is a great matchup for the Bengals. So you don't, you'd have to be climbing that mountain again. But the thing that Mahomes has right now over Joe Burrow is the Super Bowl, and he's been to two Super Bowls. And Joe now would be to his second Super Bowl if they win again. So one, he would accomplish beating Mahomes for the fourth time in a row. And he would get back to his second Super Bowl, which Mahomes, he would match Mahomes with his second Super Bowl. But Joe would have to win. Joe's, Joe would have to win that one, I think, in the eyes of a lot of people that, okay, you've beaten him, but you haven't gone and, and, and won the big one. And especially in a game that would be a toss-up pick em game like this, where last year the Bengals were a field goal underdog, three and a half. They didn't win, but they covered. It was close. They probably should have won, but they didn't win. Got to go out there and win the big one. You gotta win the big one if you're gonna have that conversation because that's the one thing. And I don't. And I think Joe will, whether it's this year or down the line, Joe will win one at some point. But you're in the position again. It's all right there in front of you. It's all laid out for Joe right now. Tom, do you do you feel the same way? Does he gotta win a Super Bowl or can he just win this game and we make this a uh, rivalry for? Well, I mean, I think the rivalry is going to be there no matter what as it determines who's going to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I think you're spot on the point you made. I mean, right now, I, I, I don't, I, I've seen nothing despite what everybody says about Josh Allen, and I think he's an unbelievably talented player. But I've seen nothing that leads me to believe that anybody is going to think, in, until he does it, in the next two, three, five, seven years, that that AFC thing is not going to run through either Cincinnati or Kansas City. That's how good these two guys are, and they've proven it. I do think there's something to be said about winning the Super Bowl. I mean, look, you know, the reason we remember guys like start filling in blanks, right? Why we remember guys more like Bradshaw and Aikman and Montana and guys like that, more than Brady, of course, more than Jim Kelly, even Manning, even yeah. Manning, who won a Super Bowl, you, you, you know, won a couple, I think, ultimately won one in Indian, won one in in um, in Denver. But I, I just think you think of these guys that have won multiple Super Bowls, but you got to win the first one before you can win two. And so, yeah, for Joe Burrow, if he can't win the Super Bowl, this year or next year and gets there a couple of times or three times and doesn't win it. That's just the nature of the beast, man. 
The people are going to be out there. And you can put up all the numbers you want to put up. But one thing you can't say about Mahomes is he's not won the big one. You can't say that about him. He's won the big one. And he's been to two of them. Burrow's on the brink of going to his second. Will this be his first Super Bowl title? We're going to find out. Uh, anything to add on that? Because we have not talked about the NFC game yet. Yeah, we should. We should spend yeah, some time let's, on Let's that. spend some time on it. All right, well, let's talk about it here. Um, both of these teams, when you, when you look and you just start on defense, these two teams have been extraordinary. I mean, this isn't middle-of-the-pack nonsense. This is like the elite of the elite. Whether it's stopping the run, whether it's quarterback sacks. The Eagles had 70 quarterback sacks this year. And think about how many games they called off the dogs because they were blowing people out of the gym as they basically did with the exception of one time in the first 14 games they played this year. That team could have easily had 80 or more sacks this year. 49ers, they've not allowed anybody to rush for more than 70 yards in a game in forever. They're allowing the fewest points per game going back to roughly about week four, week five. You know, Bosa missed some time and they had some guys that were out but since they've gotten everybody together, they've ripped off 12 straight wins, and they have just dominated people. So the question comes up, does Jalen Hurts make that big of a difference compared to, say, Dak Prescott last week? Now, Hurts has never won the big one. We know Dak's never won the big one. Now, Hurts has had far fewer chances to win the big one than Dak. He's only been in his really second full year, not even second full year, first full year as a starter. Took over last year, got him in the playoffs, and they get beat. But a lot of people, I mean, you talk to football people out there, and they will tell you there is no offense in football right now that presents a greater challenge to a defense because of how extraordinarily balanced they are than the Philadelphia Eagles do. They ran it for 240-something last week. And that's without Hurts really even being a factor in the run game. They don't have to throw it much because they ran it so well. When they do throw it, Hurts last week throws two touchdowns, runs for another. If this game turns into a game where there are a lot of points scored, in my opinion, the 49ers have no chance to beat the Eagles. If it's a track meet, which you wouldn't suspect with two great defensive teams. But when I say track meet in the NFC game because of these defenses, I'm talking about Philly getting to 21 or 24. They get to 21 or 24. I don't think San Francisco can beat them. Reed asked a good question yesterday. Are we overvaluing the Eagles' win over the Giants? Yes. Are we, are we overvaluing what the Eagles did to the Giants in seeing how that will translate against the 49ers? Because I think we might be. I'm not taking away from how good the Eagles are, but I think we may be a little bit giving the Eagles too much credit for, uh, for what they did to New York last week against a divisional opponent that they have clearly had their number against for the year for a while. The Eagles have beaten up on the Giants badly. 
and they did it again. They did the same thing that they've done now three times in a row. Now all of a sudden you got to go play the 49ers, and granted you're playing Brock Purdy, but you're playing a, a very good 49ers team, and this spread right now is sitting at two and a half. Um, I, I, the Eagles are really, really good. They're really good. But maybe that win against the Giants could be a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You know, here's my thought on this on the Eagles team in general. Um, they played. If you look at their schedule, right, and the teams that have winning records that they played, I thought weren't very good. Um, the only significant win to me that really stands out that's comparable is the Cowboys, and they barely beat them 26-17. I mean, I guess that's a nine-point win, but still. Um, and, you know, I I don't remember if this was when Dak was back yet. I, I can't quite remember. I'll look it up later. But you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, they barely win the opener against the Lions, and you know how much I loved the Lions back then. Then they beat the Fraud Vikings. 24 to 7 on a on a primetime game at that. Well, yeah, it's primetime. Come on, Casey. Okay. Regardless. Then the next the next game that has a winning record after that, the Jaguars, the 29-21. Well, that was they early in the year when they that stunk. That was early. They stunk. And then I talked about that Cowboys win. They demolished the Steelers, but Kenny Pickett was terrible that game and their defense really carried them. This is more about the offense than I than I am talking about the defense here. They lose to the Commanders 32-21. to They barely beat the Colts. They get into a shootout with the Packers where Aaron Rodgers scored 33 on them, and he wasn't that great this year. I mean, there's not really a win on the schedule that I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a marquee win. There's I, nothing I, I on here that I'm like. You're spot on on that. You're spot on. You're spot on. Uh, they have not had the schedule, the bruising schedule, um, you know, and to be honest, I mean, look, the, the, the 49ers for my money, and I know Seattle had a good year, but the 49ers for my money had, had six layups this year. Their division stinks. I mean, Seattle had a good year, but I mean, come on. See, they're 500 team. Rams. Right. Rams stink. Rams Cardinals stink. Yeah. Right. Now, I don't I mean, think it'll be like that next year, but. When was the last time the Rams ever won? Who do you? What do you think it won't be next year? You, who's I don't, be, you think Arizona's going to be any good? No, I think the I think when uh, they get back Matthew Stafford at full health and they get Cooper Cup back at full health, I think they'll put up a better fight than what they did this year because the Rams are fair. just miserable. But I mean, they played them early on in the year, so what am I talking about? Maybe they just stink. <laughs> well, but, I mean, you know, you look at the 49ers, You know, okay, their schedule. Um, you know, you go through uh, going all the way back to the start, and September is irrelevant at this point. But, you know, by the time they finally got it rolling and they're in the midst of a 12-game win streak, you could ask the exact same question you just asked about the Eagles. I mean, look who they beat during this winning streak. They beat the Rams. They beat the Chargers. Chargers stink. I mean, they stink. Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins without Tua, Tampa Bay, awful. Seattle, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. I mean, who are the 49ers beat? 
that list that I just gave you during the 12-game win streak, and you got to throw in the playoffs. I was going to say, I think the Cowboys are a good win. Well, Cow- I'm not saying, you know, yeah. you're, you're, I mean, Cowboys are a good no win. Doubt. It's a good win. But the point being was, the Cowboys are by far the best team that they have played in that group that I just ripped off, right? Yeah. And they barely won the game. Barely won the game. I mean, let's face it. I'm sure there are a lot of people in Dallas, even if five days later, including our buddy Botch Lombardi, that look back on that and they say, you know, just like we were talking about the Bengals and the Chiefs and how just the breaks go your way or you make the breaks or you got luck, however you want to define it. I mean, you know, Dallas makes two more plays in that game, and we're talking about the Cowboys v. Eagles for the third time this year. True. Brock Purdy. You killed him, Casey. The rocket ship. You killed him. I'm laying He's off. He's of never yeah. lost a game as a starter in the National Football League. But can they slow down that Philadelphia pass rush to give him time to get it to after the Bengals? The next set of weapons, best set of weapons left in the NFL in the final four. 49ers, McCaffrey, Samuel, Kittle, that whole group. After the Bengals group of skill position players, the 49ers, I think, next best group in line. 49ers are good. They're good. They might win this game. But what, about, what, what about McCaffrey? Uh-oh. Calf, yeah. he's had to come out of some games, some plays. Here during this thing, hadn't practiced all week. His backup, who's a really nice player, Elijah Mitchell. He's got an injured groin, hasn't practiced all week. That's a big part of the Niners' offense, not only in the run game, but in the pass game. You know, I think the key to this game is going to be the run game, just like the other two games. I think if one team can establish the run, then it's going to be a really tough time for the other team to do anything because I think they're very comparable on defense. They have different strengths. I think the Eagles are better at potentially pass covering um but ward can lock down your number one and if they're really relying on aj brown to get open i mean that's that's a tough matchup and i think the 49ers defensive line has star power whereas the eagles are just they they all of them get after it yeah um, well, the one and, dude had 17 and a half sacks in right first and, year in but first. i wouldn't i wouldn't compare him to bosa like Bosa's. Nobody's athlete. Bosa. Nobody's Bosa. And Where did he go to college? I don't even remember him in college. Where did he go? Bosa? Oh, he went to Michigan. I don't no. think it was there. He's too good to have gone there. I anyway. can't quite remember. But anyways. Anyways, I think the injury to McCaffrey is the big, the big deal. I think that is the key. If he plays and he's 100%, I think the 49ers, in my opinion, win the game. I think they've got the star power in the right places to take advantage of the Eagles. But if not, I think the Eagles have a really good chance of shutting down the 49ers and what they like to do. And I think that the Eagles will uh, – either way, it's going to be a slug slugfest. I think it's going to be back and forth. So you um, think it's going to be a high-scoring game? No, I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest. Okay. Where it's going to be back like and Dallas forth. Game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I want to get into some uh, where we are in some of the gambling right now, the money, lines, yeah, all that. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I want to take a break. 
Okay. You guys take it, and uh, and we're going to look at some of these and where the money's going and all that kind of thing. Um, as we're look, we're, we're now almost exactly forty-eight hours out. We're fifty-one hours out technically from the start of uh, championship weekend. First game will be the NFC game uh, on Fox. That'll be uh, obviously Philly against San Francisco game in Philadelphia. Uh, and look, the Bengals last week, it was the highest rated game in the history of CBS Sports. Any game they've ever done in the early window of the divisional round. More eyeballs on that game than any other game in the history of CBS Sports in that early window. Now that the Bengals are in that late window on 630 on CBS, the numbers on that game are going to be mind-boggling. Mind-boggling ratings in that game. Burrow v. Mahomes. Ham and Eggers, take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great, trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Uh, let's, do, let's do some quick, uh, quick ads here. Uh, we have the Discord. Um, of course, if you haven't joined the Discord yet, do it. We have Pawnee Water. I'm going to read the, uh, the Pawnee the Pawnee ad here. We'll get through that. Uh, there is a new premium alkaline water out, Pawnee, and it is spelled P-A-H-H-N-I. And it's very good. We've been drinking it. You've seen it here. We got it right here. We have a whole case of it. Casey and I have one almost every show. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. We also have been talking a ton about the Bengals today, and that has been brought to you by Encore Technologies. Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity, visit Encore.tech. That is Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. If you have not liked the video, make sure you go in and like the video. We are eight away from a great number. If you have not subscribed to the channel, make sure you go on and do that. We look at the subscription numbers all the time. The subscription numbers, it's just a steady climb up. Steady climb, steady rise in the subscription numbers. So all those things keep, they keep looking good. We've been active on TikTok, on Seabox Sports, active on Twitter as always. Uh, I, what is the situation with our uh, vlogging experience with um, Kansas City? Since everybody's going to be there, are we putting out any kind of video content or anything from, from uh, Kansas City? Do we have yeah, a plan I for that? I think we're planning on documenting some stuff and maybe we'll put a compilation because I think all of us are going to be in different spots, at least for the championship game. But um, the Kansas basketball game, I think we're all going – We're or, all the Chatterbox guys are going to. Um, oh, are you? Oh, well. You know, Tom, you would think being the resident college basketball guy here, I would have gotten an invite to that Kansas basketball game. Whoa, you know, it's interesting whoa. because I walked in and, and hearing Casey saying, well, you know, all the Chatterbox guys are going to the <laughs> Kansas basketball game. You'd think. Well, there are actually two guys that aren't. 
I hear, Hold on. Now. I hear Trace there out there going. And two of us are sitting in this room. Let me look around. Um, well, you don't count because you're going to Kansas City. But I'm just saying there are two of us that are not leaving greater Cincinnati this weekend. Yeah. Right, Paulie? I know. We're, you know. I'm here. Everyone had an opportunity to, to get in on the company raise. It's true. I actually, I can. I, ha I have a game. There's a reason I'm not going. I have a game on Tuesday night. I got a broadcast. So not only will I not be there, You're I can't. Broadcasting even... Tuesday night? Yeah. Got a women's game tomorrow, too. Nice. Yep. Play by play, right? Very nice. Yep. So I, uh, I will not be there on Tuesday night. That is, I, it was, it's a bummer, too, because it actually worked out great. I could have gone. Xavier plays in, Oklahoma, or in uh, Omaha tomorrow. They play against Creighton. Could have driven out, seen Xavier play Creighton, drive two and a half hours, three hours, go down to, to Arrowhead, and then stayed out there for the Jayhawks game. It would have worked out great. But um, it's all right. Uh, here. Well, explain this to me. Chris Sports Gamer in the chat says to me, says, we, says you guys, are getting a lot of interaction on TikTok, even from the Tom haters. I don't care about the Tom haters part, but how are we getting any reaction on TikTok? Yeah, TikTok's popped off. TikTok is awesome. Yeah, TikTok has been doing really well. I mean, I'm, what, what, what on TikTok? We just take clips from the show. Okay. Just yeah, take clips from the show. It's kind of like the same stuff we post on Twitter. Okay. All right. All right, I want to run through some gambling stuff. You had your show yesterday, not too picky. Now, Oh, it was bad. It, well, explain this to me real quick. Well, it might have been bad yesterday, but I'm going to zero in now on these games. Sure. Do you do you give out prop bets for the championship games? Uh, we talk about them a little bit. Okay, well, let's play this game for a minute. Okay. All right, let's just toss a few things around here. Okay. Let's start before we get to some of our picks and stuff. And by the way, we got to make our picks for the games this weekend. We still have about uh, 10 minutes left in the show. All right. The line has swung oh. big time in this Bengals game. Where is it as we sit now at uh, Betfred Sportsbook? It's at one and a half right now for the Chiefs, minus one and a half for the Chiefs. Bengals on the money line are plus 105. If you listen to gambling experts, you, the people from Be the Vegas guys that set these lines, some of the sharps out there, all I've been hearing all week is that this, is, this has been one of the most violent lines that is it's ever, that, that we've ever seen from a championship game. Usually, okay, the line might, it might move a half a point. Maybe it moves a full point. But this line opened at two and a half or two as the, for the Bengals as an underdog. It got all the way to two for them as a favorite. That's a five-point swing, including the pick'em hook. That is a five-point swing. It's, you just don't see that in games like this where there's been so much news all week. It, the lines reacted to the the Chiefs with Mahomes. Yep. It's it now it's reacted back. The 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 percentages have been all over the place. People jumped on the Bengals early. Now most of the sharps are back on Kansas City. Sixty nine percent of the bets are on on Cincinnati, but only forty eight percent of the money. So there's a twenty one percentage point difference there. But, Tell, but, 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 but the, the, the sharps or sharks? What, what are Sharps. Okay. But, but the sharps, it's basically, it's 52-48 in favor of Kansas City? Yeah, the money. It's, it's, it's about 50-50, but I'm just saying that there are, there's 69% of the bets. So there's a, a... Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, All right. Well, let's play yeah. this game. Your okay. pick uh, for just, just, just gambling purposes. And, and, and Well, it'll be the same. Let's yeah. just go ahead and make our picks. All right, let's do All it. Right? All right, here we go. And then I want to get into a couple prop bets before so I, we, we call it a day. I, I do want to say here, uh, just real quickly, I'm going to flash this up on the screen, and I'm going to do some live math here. 
Um, which don't I don't do it. I, no, I'm, don't I'm, I'm gonna do it. Don't do worry. it. Even that private parochial school highbrow education of yours. So if if you had followed, if you had followed uh, our our picks this year, I'm gonna flash it up on the screen. I know that between me and, and Brandon and Trace, it's been kind of a group effort there at the top. But that record right there is good for if you're betting $100. If you had bet $100 on every game at the top there at 118 and 88, you'd be up 18.2 units, which is about $1,800 on the year. If you on had a bet, $100 bet. On a $100 bet on every single one of them. So for Casey, we'll do it live. If you would put $100, you'd be up $970 on Casey's picks. And for Tom, live, you'd be up $680. Hey, that's $680 not, more than you had. That's not a bad for a sharp stick in the eye. It's not bad at all, especially when you compare it to some of these other guys in these various publications and so forth that are picking these games. I mean, we have really done – I'm not patting myself on the back or any of us on the back. Those numbers are pretty damn good. Tom, it is incredible to go over a full length of an NFL season – to put up the numbers that that we have put up, it's unbelievable. I mean, the best the best gamblers in the world hit over the long range at about a 54, 55% rate. I mean, that's to end up even close to positive after a full NFL season is something to write home yeah. about. All right. All right, here we go for this weekend. We're starting off NFC. That'll be the first of two on yep. Sunday. Uh, I do not have the picks in here yet, everybody. Yeah, we'll so we'll just we're, give them out loud. It's okay. We're doing a lot. It's all right. No, no, no. I already have, wrapped it up. It's I have okay. the graphic, but right, I'm just we saying. Go. We got the Niners at the Eagles. Philadelphia, a two-and-a-half-point spread. Fly, Eagles, fly for me in this one. Jalen Hurts, too much. Eagles. Nick Sirianni. Don't do it. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, I... I'm going to stick with my bracket that I that I made early on in the season, I'm pretty sure. Um, if we go back way at the beginning when mm-hmm. we made – well, maybe we should go back and look at those. Maybe. I picked the Niners, but 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 now with Hurts, he's back. No way I'm picking against the Eagles. Yeah, so that means I, you're staying with? I'm sticking with 49ers here. All right. Oh. And, Paul, you were the only one, the three of us, and Luke was in on that deal. Yep where uh, I think you were the only one that picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. Are you staying with yeah, that now? I have the screenshot here of all our brackets. I'm going to I'm going to stick with whatever I picked in that bracket, and I think I did have the Eagles. You did have I the did. Eagles. I had the Eagles, so I'm going to stick with the Eagles here. Uh, Eagles, let me find it. Eagles, there we are. Okay. Not Southern Miss. The Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, there right. we go. All right, and what about um, – well, we'll save this one for a second. Are you putting up those screenshots? Do you have them? Of where all of us picked? Oh no, not yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up before we do the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm all not right. gonna put okay. them up yet. All right. Yep. All right. Because all of us had the Bengalis in the Super Bowl. No, right? I had the Bills. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. I had tired. to zag. Somebody had really tired. Somebody somebody had to be the the odd one out. You zigged. I, I, I did. Okay. Uh, before we get to the Bengals game. Um, First touchdown. Oh. Let's have a little fun here for us, okay? All okay. right. First touchdown scored will be by Casey first pick. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I let's go. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Hayden Hurst. Oh, 
God. You know what? I was going to go that route. Now I'm not. Paul? I was going to do the same thing, so I'm now i got to find one. Uh, all right. I was also going to say Hayden Hurst because he has uh, – his odds are plus 1,800 on that. Um, I'm going to go with T. Higgins. T. Higgins. That's a good one, T. Higgins. Okay. T. Higgins, okay. plus 1,000. All right. I'm going to take Jamar Chase. All right. So, okay. so that's plus 650. Hayden Hurst is plus 1,800. This is all from the Betfred Sportsbook. And T. Higgins is plus 1,000. Okay. Um, most passing yards. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Most Ooh. passing yards in the game. What's it Am I going first again? Yes, you are. What's it I'm going with Joe Burrow. Um, just because statistically, I mean, he has had the most passing yards, I'm pretty sure, out of the three games. Oh, um, by far. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. In the head-to-head -head matchups, there's no contest as to who's been the better quarterback. I mean, no contest when you look at the numbers. Go ahead. You say Burrow. Yep, Burrow. I am – so Mahomes is set at 281.5. Burrow is 279.5. I think to win this game, Burrow's going to have to throw for a lot, so I'm going to I'm going to stick with Burrow. All right, I'm going to go with Mahomes because I think the Bengals are going to run it well. That's true. Okay, that's the only reason. I'm not saying that I think Kansas City's going to lose a game, uh, but I think they're going to have to throw it more because I think the Bengals are really going to run it run it well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tom, I, and if I were betting the over under on either one of those, I think I would take the under on both of those. Yeah, that's a lot. Because, you know, both these teams clearly want to be able to run the ball in this game. And the weather being what it's going to be, it's going to be really cold. Very windy, apparently. Do we think that this game – oh, go ahead. You no, go ahead. We're gonna say well, I was going to say, do we think that this game goes over 48 or under 48? Under. 27-24. By the time I check, math in public is 51. That gets you there. Hmm. It gets you to the over. 27-24. Casey already said under. What are you picking? I'm going to go over. I am too. I'm going over. I'm going over. All right. Uh, wait. One thing I just have to address. I never, I never address the chat, but I have to address it because I see it in here and I get so fired up when I see it. Chris Sports Gamer says Paul is a Commanders fan. There are a lot of things you can call me in life. There are a lot of things you can call me. Paul. Paul. There is nothing. Not one. No, no, no. Because it fires me up so badly. Paul, this it fires is me. No, no, Tom. No, no, Tom. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. I am cutting you off because it fires me up so bad when I say I'm from D.C. and they say, oh, you must be a Commanders fan. Never in my life will I even remotely be mistaken for a Commanders fan, and I won't let anybody for two seconds let that thought even creep into your mind. All right, go ahead. Paul, what you're missing here is they have been watching enough to know, just like when I have a chance to poke and prod you about Xavier. Oh. I know it's going to fire you up. Oh, it's it fires light me up. You up. I look for every opportunity to do so. And that's what he's doing. Well, he did it. He All did right. it. Chris push, pushing the buttons. He did it. All right. Um, before we, have... we get to – now, look, we got two things we got to get accomplished before we get to um, uh, box lunch. We picked the game. We all going straight across the board, the Bengals? Uh, yes. Unless Casey has anything else. No, he... I'm picking Bengals. All okay, right. and that's as a one-point dog, according to Betfred. Is that correct? Yep. All right, we're all taking the Bengals straight across the board. Um, cherry on top, before we get to warm up your vocal cords, oh. boys. Warm up your vocal cords. That was our cherry on top. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
once again. They may not be the Righteous Brothers, for those of you old enough to remember. They may not be, well, they're a lot like Sonny and Cher. Old enough to remember them? Here they are. It's that time again, boys. Hit it. Mean and angry, here he comes a-prowling. Clean and hungry, an offensive brute. One pass or boot. And defensively, he's rough. Tough. Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team we're gonna cheer to victory. Touchdown, Bengals. Put some points up on that board and win the game for Cincinnati. Bravo. Woo! Bravo! Pretty Will solid. that be the cherry on top again for the Cincinnati Bengals as it's been ever since you guys started singing us? <laughs> Absolutely. See, Let's... they ought to have that on Bet Fred Sports. Will that continue that win streak? <laughs> you guys are good singers. Nicely done. So, with that in mind, boys, it's time to begin box lunch. Trace Fowler, Reed Mouse. Both of them on their way to Kansas City. So let's look around. We've gone from having four in this room, pretty much the entire show, and now we go to six. So, one, two, three, four. Four, Paul, mm. of the six are on their way to Kansas City. Reed, when you when you getting out of here, brother, you're ready to go. I mean, you're ready to go. Reed Mouse, Mark Mouse, Matt Mouse, Tom Brenneman, all hopping in nope. a 2010 Silverado 1500, that perfected transportation, extended cab, and we're going nine well, hours. Extended cab, you've got a big back seat in that thing. Those are sweet, those rigs. I rented one of those a, a, a few weeks back. It's not got a big back seat. That's crew cab where there's oh, four crew doors. Crew cab, I'm so sorry. So extended cab is when you have yeah. like the suicide doors and you get nice and snug. So we're going to get nice and tight. We're going to get to know each other, Tom. You're riding in the car with us. I I'm not interested in getting to know anybody. So count me out. <laughs> um, count me out. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. That'd be a fun trip. I mean, if I could do it, I would do it, but I can't do it. Um, so, all right, it, it, you've got off the bench up there. You guys haven't done any grading of the show in a long, long time. So, I mean, you want to jump into bad ideas or anything else you want to talk about? Well, if I can have a great, it's an A plus. You've yet to not have an A plus show, Tom. Oh, I have had many, trust me. And has a lot to do with the, not ex-professionals, but not yet to be professionals. Oh, no. Dragging me down. Oh, no, Tom. And Ouch. now I am in deep doo-doo starting on Monday since Casey is going to be hanging out in Kansas City in Lawrence, Kansas, staying at some casino. You guys are staying at a casino. Boy, not. Huh, that's a really good idea for this group. <laughs> It's a hell of an idea. It's a great idea, me. Tom. I mean, Tom. We got, we got to fund the trip somehow. I will say, if you're looking for the nicest hotel accommodations, the best possible place that you could stay for the most affordable price, it will always be a casino. Then it comes down to how much responsibility do you have as a personal, your own person, to be able to make the decision of whether or not you want to actually want to go down to the casino. Right. Right? I mean, if you, you can go out to Vegas. That's right. And you can get hotel rooms for dirt cheap. At the nicest hotel rooms you'd ever see. But they expect you to walk down to that casino and play. And little do they know, I don't know if I'm really going to play. Because I got probably 
a good amount of money that I'll just be wagering on sports through Betfred before I leave. Tom, so I'm I'm beating them. We're getting down to it. Tom, you placing a wager on the on the Bengals this Sunday to win on Betfred Sportsbook? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to think about it. Uh, if I were a gambler, and 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 look, I, 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 there's no judgment here, none, because because we all have our issues and vices. But um, no, um, but if I were a gambler, I certainly would be betting heavy, heavy on the Bengals. Heck yes, I think they're going to go win a game. Think Let's they're go. The better team. Think they're the better team. Are we going to get updates from each quarter from you? A selfie with your Ooh. fingers held up on each quarter? None? Zero? Zero? You guys brought the team bad luck last week. We Tom, did you're a superstitious guy. We did it every quarter. We kicked their ass. For those every quarter. of you that weren't with us this week, I'm sitting there by myself in my house. <laughs> I got the fire going. I got every play I'm watching of the Bengals game. And all of a sudden, at the end of the first quarter, pops on my phone some text, tired picture of Reed with a, with, with a bucket full of Mick Ultras and a whole crowd, his wife and some others, and they're all holding up two fingers like second quarter, here we go. And then the next thing, Casey's comes through from, from Buffalo, and then Sejo's comes through from Buffalo, and then Paul's comes in sitting next to his girlfriend. Uh, with the two fingers up, and I'm like, okay, I'm part of the team. I'll do the same. Take a selfie, two up. The second that happened, the Bengals, who had been driving down the field on their first two drives, go three and out. Bill score a touchdown, and I said, no more pictures. Well, Tom, I'm not in. Tom, and they kept coming. In spin zone, <laughs> in games in which you send a picture, the Bengals win by 17 points. The Bengals played their best game of the Another year. Way of looking at it. And the game that you did send a picture. So Another way of looking. No. Just saying. Okay. That's Tom, fair. It, you also have to send it right at the beginning of the second quarter. If you send it any later, then it's bad luck. That's true. That's true. That's true. So true. I don't know if you did that. Tom, you are a superstitious guy. Uh, quite. Mm. Is that an understatement? <laughs> that, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very. So, but I mean, I, I listen. I'm not going to now buy into this next round of superstitions because, I mean, I'll go off the grid. All I know is, is when I did the one picture, the only time I sent it, shoot, right in the tank for the Ben Gallows. 17 points. One by 17 points. What was it? it? That was like one of the most dominating wins I think I've ever watched the Bengals have. Like, I, I you know, obviously leisurely watch the Bengals. I haven't watched every single game. That's one of the few times I've watched the Bengals where it felt like the whole entire game, it never felt in doubt. I'm sure as a Bengals fan, in the back of your mind, there was always this little bit of fear of doubt because no matter, you know, for all intents and purposes, when you're up by 20 in a, in a basketball game you care a lot about, you start thinking about the hypothetical of them hitting four right. threes in a row and cutting it to 10. And you're like, and, but if you're looking at it from an outside perspective, it never was in doubt. They dominated yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Like that was – was that the most dominating performance of the playoffs outside of maybe Tampa and Dallas? I haven't watched all the games. Well, this, the, this postseason. The, the three games. This postseason. Well, were, were Eagles, Tampa, Eagles, Tampa, Giants. Dallas, Eagles, Giants. Eagles, Giants. Eagles, Giants was yeah. bad. Yeah. Was way, was, that was way more dominating than what we yeah. did. But the Bills were a much right, better team enough. than the Giants. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For well, in the sure. AFC then. We'll just keep it in the AFC yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. AFC. I mean, the first round of playoffs, you had the Bengals in a tight one. You had Jacksonville a surprise win. Mm -hmm. right? right? Yep. First round game there. Who they play? I'm drawing the, a the Chargers. They Chargers. were down 28 nothing. Twenty-seven. Yeah, that's that's Trace's guy. Um, it is. Yeah, it I'll is. stand by him. Herbert. Herbert. 
Big fan of Herbert. Yeah. All right. All right, boys. Thanks. I'm looking forward to hearing some of these topics here. Need Volson. Need Volson. Bad idea. You want to start it there? What's a bad idea? Uh, well, yeah, we'll get your opinion on this before you take off. Ready? So, similar to how you, you, you kind of elaborate things, you kind of stretch the truth a little bit on some things. And I like that about you because you, you tell a good story. It makes it fun. Like, oh, these guys don't invite me to nothing. Blah, blah, blah. That tired shit you say. Okay. Anyways, these guys good have decided. Material, though. Good <laughs> these guys have said, you know, hey, you know, we're going out there. Next thing you know, the Bengals are playing the AFC Championship. Yep. Been playing for, for months, right? Or whatever you want to say. Been playing for a month. Next thing you know, Reed's going with his family. Casey's going with his family. Paul can't swing it. Tom can't swing it. Seho wasn't the original plans, but he's going out with his family. Yeah, and you're Spur leaving your wife Spur and kids Spur high and dry. Spur, Spurlock, you know, he's, he's being a good husband, but he had done forgotten about something. Well, he's being a good husband only because he, and I'm not suggesting he's not a great husband, but... <laughs> He's oh, no. forced into it because his wife, as I understand it, was already had a trip planned and is out of town. And I think he might have forgotten about that. You know how husbands can do that from time to time where you're like, oh, yeah, we're good. This weekend's great. And then next thing you know, it's about four days before you're supposed to leave and he comes on in here and Spurs like, well, I think we got a little bit of an issue. I, I got some things I like got. So Spurs flying now on Monday morning. Big leaguer. Big, leaguer. Big leaguer coming out there. And here I am, all by myself, looking around, thinking, Who, what am I going to do? i got to drive out by myself at this point. You're driving by yourself? So here's my thought. This is the bad idea part. Ready? I want to vlog this whole trip, going to give all the guys cameras, and we'll put together a quick sure. little reel of the trip as a whole and awesome. document it. And I'm thinking, what if we get someone to help us as well? Like, you know, someone that's a real videographer that could also edit it. And I was thinking to myself, well, I got to drive out there by myself. This is a, this is where the bad idea comes into play. What's her name? No. <laughs> if we, <laughs> no. If, if I put out on social media today, right when this show's over, and I say, if there's any Cincinnati-based videographers, whatever term you want to use, production company folks, that wants to make this trip with us. With you. Well, with, with me at first, and then it would be the group. I understand, but they'd have to ride. They got to ride with me. Okay. They got listen. They got a free drive out there. Yep. They got a hotel when they're there. I would get now, them. Well, I will say hotel. I mean, now you got to clarify here a second, okay? If they're gonna go, I don't think it's unreasonable. Or maybe you're saying for their services in 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 payment of their services, right? That's where this is going. Okay, go ahead. Then continue. So you're picking up the gas. Taking the gas, taking the hotel room. I'll get them an AFC championship ticket. So preferably they would probably want to be a Bengals fan. And then they will also get a ticket to go to the, the Kansas game. And then they have to drive back with us. They don't get back till Monday. But they got to leave tomorrow around 2 o'clock. So they would be getting a hotel room if I hear you right. They don't have to worry about the gas going or coming, right? Okay. They're just not going to get paid for their services. But That's they get right. the whole but, entire I mean, experience. Are you kidding me? Getting a game? Have you thought about BO? And, and I mean... The only, Dude, the, the only Chatterbox website, Chatterbox website's gonna blow up. The only concern I have is my own safety. If we're being quite frank, well, there's no question. I mean, it's, you know, there's uh, got to be some betting here. I, I got There's got maybe some little small background checks. But if I wind up dead, 
you know, yeah, that's just yeah, I mean, a bad you idea. You got to figure that part out. It's like I was trying to explain just pick to up my a hitchhiker. When we were driving down, it's the first time I've seen it in a long time. I used to do it all the time as a kid because my parents were divorced. I wasn't driving yet. I had a job washing dishes at this restaurant. It was about five miles from our house out in Anderson. And I used to hitchhike all the time. Really? All the time. And back in those days, you never gave it a thought. Seriously? Really? And I used to do it all the time. And, and it used to go on all the time all over America. When, when I was a teenager and then, you know, early college, you go on a road trip. You, you would see along the road, a highway, you would see dozens of times hitchhikers out there. That is there. crazy. So when we were down in, driving to Texas last week, two weeks ago. We drove by this uh, on-ramp, and there was this couple that looked like they were right out of the Manson family. Huh. And they're standing there, and, and I'm like, you know, I, I shouldn't judge them that way. That's it. But, but I mean, they, they, were, they were what you call hippies, okay? And my daughter looks at me and she says, what are they doing? And I was just trying to explain to her about hitchhikers and how there was a time it used to go on all the time. Then all of a sudden some bad things start to happen and people don't pitch, pick up hitchhikers anymore. You never see them anymore. So Trace. Yeah. For, for, for those that don't know, better figure out a way for, for those that don't know what a hippie is, uh, it's a hippie? Uh, especially everybody. Ex- no, 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 no. Especially in the 1960s, it's a person of unconventional appearance, typically having long hair associated with a subculture involving a rejection of conventional values and taking of hallucinogenic drugs. Check, check, check. (laughs) Would you consider that to be an exact definition? No, I wouldn't. I I don't (laughs) No, No, I think a hippie back in the 60s, there was a lot of that because of, you know, everything going on in America and Dr. Timothy Leary and Haight-Asbury and all that kind of... Look... For me, a hippie is, you know, I'm just using it on the way they looked and that they did. Long hair, kind of like those old, you know, uh, almost like Indian hats, you know what I mean? Reggae hats? Should have had a pipe, you know, that kind of thing. Like a reggae? Tie-dye shirt just sends it right over the top. Or those cape kind of things, ponchos, you know, that kind of thing. Bell-bottom jeans. But you had a pair of bell-bottoms, didn't you, back in the 70s? Oh, man, you know it. Still got a pair? No. No. I don't know if you go to Boogie Nights over there in Lawrence. No, no, no. All right, boys. Hey, uh, Casey, thank you. Safe travels. Thank you, Tom. All you and me. Catbird seat Monday morning. Monday morning. This ought to be a Brandon, treat. Brandon, safe travels. Okay, uh, Reed, you and the family. Absolutely. Safe we'll pick travels. You up. Trace, whoever it is you travel with. <laughs> we'll see. Well. Bring the kids. Buy, buy four more tickets. <laughs> I mean, you talk about bad idea. Is it riding in a person, in a car with a person you've never met and know nothing about? Or, for those of you that are married out there, is it all of a sudden looking at your wife saying, Honey, I'm going to Kansas City, staying in a casino, going to a Bengals game, going to a Jayhawks game. I'll catch you on the flip side and see you on Monday. Good luck with the kids. What's the bad idea? Boys. Thanks, Tom.